What's going on everyone? Anthony Drew Gary here, host of the How To Show, where we talk about optimizing life, money, and happiness one how-to at a time. The cool thing about being a YouTuber is that I get to put together content from financial independence to money management to life optimization. And every once in a while, there's a topic that, that just sounds like a lot of fun and an opportunity presents itself. And so that's what we're doing today. I have Matt Jaggers with me. He's a home brewer in the beer world. Matt reached out to me and uh, as part of basically we're in the financial independence community together. And he said, uh, you know, let's, let's get something together. Let's, uh, Let's put some content together. And so, Matt, welcome to the How To Show and a very special episode of How to Brew Your Own Beer. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to come on and talk to you and spread my love of uh, home brewing. Yeah, this is this is going to be fun. And so, for the for the benefit of the audience, this is going to be a lot like a cooking show because Matt actually sent me some of his samples. <laughs> And unfortunately for you, you're going to get to, to see how the, uh, how the sausage is made. I guess it's uh, how, the, how the beer is made. And you're not going to yep. get to try any. But if you follow Matt's, uh, Matt's step-by-step in this, and uh, we'll link to Matt's uh, YouTube channel so that you really can follow his step-by-step. Uh, if this is something that's interesting, interesting to you, you can do this on your own. And, uh, and you know, maybe there's uh, an opportunity there for you to create a new hobby for yourself. And so, Matt, give me a little bit of background. How did you decide uh, that, that this is something that's interesting to you? And while you're doing this, I'm going to have a little fun. Uh, I'm going to join you. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the, how I got started was um, I, I like beer. Uh, you know, I was, drinking a a few from time to time. And, uh, um, I started, uh, kind of hitting my favorite, uh, breweries, uh, and seeing what they were doing. And, uh, locally here in Texas, we have a Texas made beer called Shiner Bach and they, uh, they made a beer called prickly pear and man, that whole summer that it was out, I could not get enough of them. I, I probably bought I don't know, 10, six packs throughout the whole summer, you know, just drinking them. And, uh, it was really great. And so I was like, man, I've, I've got to figure this out. And, um, it was a hobby that, that kind of really started to grow because, uh, I was a gamer at the time too. And so, uh, you know, we kind of got into this, like, uh, the game releases were, were being kind of repetitive and stuff. And so I was getting bored with, with it. And I was like, man, I'm just not going to go and spend the the 60 bucks on that new video game. And, you know, I'm going to try to find something else. And uh, so I I brewed a couple of times and it was like, uh, I brew, I would brew a batch and uh, probably about two months later, I was ready to brew another one. Uh, after sharing with some friends and stuff like that. But now, uh, now that I've got the YouTube channel and all that, man, I brew almost every weekend. It mm-hmm. seems like there we it's... go. So, so take a little bit of step back. How long have you been doing this? Um, I think, uh, I'm about six years in now, five, six years now. Okay. For sure. Yeah. And, and I want to preface, I promise this is not my first time. However, these did get <laughs> shipped through the mail and so they got a little carbonated and so I'm going to, I'm going to let it settle yeah. down. And, uh, so here's, uh, <laughs> here's the other version 
to what you have there. And uh, this is uh, an extract, okay? So this is probably one of the most uh, beginner-friendly beers uh, to be able to brew. Yeah, so you're working on extract and I'm working on cream ale. Yep, the all grain. Uh, they're both more or less the same, the same beer uh, within some different ingredients, some different processes. That's why there's a little bit of a color difference and things like that. But yeah, and so so talk to talk to me, talk to somebody who's never brewed beer before in my entire life. And in, in what what world do I need to to get myself uh, started in this? What what basically what's the table stakes? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there's some sort of equipment investment. Uh, some some sort of uh, basically checklist of things that you have to do or else this isn't going to work for you. Right. So um, to get started, you, I always recommend go to your local homebrew store, uh, you know, shop local. Uh, your money means more to someone local than it does through Amazon and all those other places. Now, sometimes you just live in a place that, that that's not possible or you just really, really need that and Amazon just happens to have it in stock, whereas your local person is having a hard time, you know, given today's yeah. stuff going on uh, to, to be able to get it, get it to them. Uh, so I typically tell people to look for a five-gallon batch system uh, to get started off with. Uh, most homebrew stores should have those in stock. Um and uh, but you can go all the way down to one gallon uh, okay. starter kits, and uh, you know the the smaller the 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 kits are, the cheaper they are. Uh, but a five gallon batch will get you about forty eight beers. Okay, uh, so that, that's think, a good reference point. Mm-hmm. So two cases. Uh, I think the couple times that I've done one gallon batches, uh, I've gotten probably about eight to 10 out of, uh, it just kind of depends. And, and once you start, uh, fermenting and making beer, you'll see this, this stuff at the bottom called trub, uh, the yeast cake or whatever. So you don't want to get all that into your beer, but, um, Sorry. <laughs> no, no problem at all. So, so initial investment, you're going to probably start out in this five, five gallon world, uh, a yeah. couple hundred bucks. Uh, what are, what are we looking at there? Uh, if, if you shop frugally, uh, you can normally catch them on sale, you know, during black Fridays and stuff like that. Uh, I think when I bought mine, I, I think I got a whole kit and this was everything to do the beer plus my first extract beer. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 120 bucks. Uh, and that just got me started. That got me the, the kettle that I needed, uh, a spoon to stir, uh, the kit, the fermenter, uh, yeast, hops, all, all that that I needed to make my first batch of beer and then the equipment to continue to buy kits. And so uh, those kits for five gallons, normally they run anywhere between, I think I've seen them as cheap as about 25 bucks all the way up to like, you know, 60, 70 bucks, just great big bold beers with a bunch of hops or, or something of that nature. Yeah. So, um, so if we continue that sort of a thought there, you're, it looks like you're, you've found a way to, to source the, the equipment that you need. And then, so, you know, obviously there's as many recipes on, on how to brew a beer as there are grains of sand at the beach. Uh, how do you, sure. how do you get to, to figure out where you're getting that sort of, uh, the ingredients from, are you getting those from your home brewer as well? Or are you, yeah. are you doing research on the internet and picking it up off site? 
Yeah, yeah. So there's there's several different ways to do it. Uh, the 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 first thing that I I love about home brewing is so when you get that starter equipment, you can continue to use that as you grow up in size and systems and stuff like that. Uh, so you kind of get a little bit of a cost benefit of being able to reuse a lot of the the, the stuff. And this is a hobby that's like an ultimate like kind of Lego kit for adults. You know, like like you can you can upgrade to the end of the time in this hobby. There's always something new, always something shiny, always something special that catches your eyes or, or something that, that changes the process a little bit, that makes it a little easier, whatever the case may be. Excuse me. Uh, so uh, now, as far as like the recipes and stuff goes, uh, I probably spent the first I don't know, two and a half years or so, actually buying ingredients kits to make a specific type of beer. And so probably the first, I don't know, five uh, brews or so, I just followed the directions word for word, went down the whole thing. And then after that, I started thinking like walking in the grocery store and saying, man, I wonder if that fruit would taste good with this beer kit that I got at home. And so I started playing with things like that. And so, uh, I, I, I got some prickly pears and I threw them in a Hefeweizen uh, beer that I had. And man, that was some of my uh, friend's favorite beer that I've ever brewed. And so I normally try to do a prickly pear beer at least once a year. Yeah, this, this sounds like a really cool opportunity to get your creativity juices flowing, especially if you're, you know, I, I don't know what everybody does for a living out there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on accountants for a minute. You know, accounting is a really... Uh, really strict, monotonous, black and white job. And maybe this is a, an opportunity for you accountants to get uh, get a little creative with your after hours work. There's something that uh, that you can do to have fun here. Or, or chefs or whatever. Like, like you can just keep expressing that that culinary art there. Uh, and like I said, the, the good thing about about this hobby, though, too, is, is there's a lot of of this kit and this base stuff that you can use for cooking. Like, you know, if, if you needed to cook a big pot of beans, but you didn't have a pot that's big enough, you can still use your brew kettle for that, you know. Yeah. Um, when I stepped up to all green because that required a bigger kettle and uh, I started brewing outside on a big propane burner, my first kettle was one of those turkey fryer kettles uh, that you also do crawfish in. And so I got I got a few years out of that, you know, and that was a pretty cheap way to get into all green brewing as well, you know. So you, you always try to the good thing about home brewing too is is even though we're always upgrading and we're spending some money, there's a lot of DIY stuff in this hobby too. Uh, I got a friend, he took a uh, a window unit and he made a homemade glycol chiller <laughs> for his system with a with an old window unit. And so that was pretty cool to see. So We've got some some crazy people doing some crazy things in, in this hobby that you're like, oh man, that why didn't I think about that? You know, that seems so simple, you know. Yeah, that sounds like that is above and beyond the scope of how to brew your own beer on the how-to show, but I'm excited to hear more about that afterward. Right. Uh, so so talk to me a little more about uh, the actual apparatus itself and and really where I'm going with this is a, a timing uh investment and so it sounds like you do a decent amount of this outside you're using propane tanks and you're using your your equipment mm. so start to finish from uh from the time that you have all of your ingredients and all of your your materials and all of your infrastructure 
to, to the point where you're cracking one open, how much time has elapsed in between the two? So there, there are things that we do that are shortcuts. Uh, you know, if you're extract brewing, there's a huge time save uh, there because we buy step some of these processes that all green brewers do. Uh, so your brew day is quick. You know, you could probably knock out a batch of beer, get it in the fermenter, and in about an hour or so, um, most beers probably take about two weeks to brew, uh, to ferment out. And then generally, uh, most kits say to wait two weeks to taste. So, you know, at that point, you're more or less a month in. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I learned, and it took a little bit, was that it was better if I let it set in the bottle on bottling day for a month before I tasted uh, my beer. Uh, it just tasted better. It had time to condition a lot better. Yeah, and that, that, that's one of the next questions that I got. You sent me these awesome bottles, and it, it looks like you bottled these yourself. Uh, yep. And, and you, so... Yeah. And so talk to me a little bit about this process, because obviously this is a pressurized seal. It popped when I opened yeah. this one up. Uh, yeah. how, how does that work? And how do you not make a mess? I guess is where I'm really going with this. So uh, like the beginner, uh, the beginner kit that I had, it had like a two handed like like press. And so you put the cap in there and then, then you take this over the bottle and you push down like that. Okay. And uh, it it. it caps it you know crimps the the bottle cap onto the bottle uh, now i had gotten a little vigorous before and i busted a glass uh capping it that way um you know i don't know if maybe the bottle was weak and damaged beforehand or whatever uh but the the other type of capper that i have is a bench top uh capper and so it's just like a lever and you just pull down one time uh, and do that. Now I've learned some tricks. Like I, I, I like to, to take the bottle, pull, put the cap on, turn it, you know, about a third of the way and then do it. I, I do that three times. Maybe it's OCD or whatever, but I feel like, uh, it, it looks like it's a better cramp all the way around and, and I haven't had any issues. Uh, yeah. That, so I'll tell you oh. this much, you put them in a box and you live in Texas and I live in Indiana. And first of all, <laughs> this is really cool. Thanks to the internet, we get to do things like this. But second of mm -hmm. all, you shipped those in the standard uh, postal service methods and they showed up just fine. So I'd say that your methods are pretty good. Well, so I, I shipped that UPS, uh, unfortunately, in today's, uh, today's uh, world, we're, no, we're not allowed to ship alcohol to each other through the USPS. That is correct. I, I should have recognized that. I actually had yeah. that problem uh, not that long ago when I tried to send some alcohol to my groomsmen uh, yeah. for, for basically a little anniversary uh, celebration uh, have a drink on me to them and that didn't work so yeah you gotta you gotta ship it ups which is which yeah. is interesting in its own right but uh again i appreciate you doing that so if you if you would, I, like I just i just love sharing the opportunity of having homebrew you know uh i think i think uh i think once a lot of people get into it there's a lot of a lot of things that it opens up the world to to different things you know like uh we we do kombucha here, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I've taken a stab at some wines and stuff like that as well, you know, uh, so it just kind of started us down a little bit more of a homesteady type path and, uh, you know, 
that's kind of what we live by here is like we're on a homestead you know so talk to me a little bit you uh you suggested earlier that a, a five gallon uh process will basically net you two cases of beer correct and so assuming that you're not including the cost of the actual equipment which you get to use over and over again mm. what what are you roughly paying per beer are you have you have you thought about that ever? Am I asking a dumb question here? Is this no. just a passion of love? No, no. So it definitely is a passion of love. Uh, I think I think if you think that you're going to get in there and and knock out beer cheaper than you can buy it at the grocery store, you're gonna you're you're gonna you're gonna be sad. Uh, there, you could probably do some that's cheaper than you can buy at the store but there are things that we can do as homebrewers that commercial people can get away with so much uh like we can reuse yeast uh we can pitch right onto to the yeast that's on the bottom of that fermenter to kick off fermentation to feed a bigger beer and things like that so there is some cost savings there uh, I've done things like I tried to grow my own grains a couple of times uh, with limited success. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some hop plants on the way to try to grow my own hops here. Um, I've I've stolen yeast out of uh, commercial bottles and repitched that. Uh, that's a little bit more advanced, so that's not so beginner friendly, but. Uh, but there are some things to do. I, th- I think that if somebody really wants to get into this, uh, at least for the very beginning, uh, you you have to look at it as more of the passion than the cost savings. And then from that point, once you get down to the basics of how to do things cleanly, precisely, and know your processes, then you can start looking at those corners to cut uh, cost on. I think probably the cheapest beer that I I've produced here, uh, grains, hops, everything, uh, was probably about 22 bucks, uh, for two cases of beer. It's a low ABV beer. It's a very light beer, probably something more in line with like, uh, Coors or Bud Light type of, of material, you know, um, tastes better. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. And yeah, I, I think that this jazz right in, you know, again, we, we were introduced to one another thanks to the financial independence movement. And, and one of the tenets of that movement is to, to find out what you're passionate about and to, to spend on that while cutting out things in your life that maybe you're not so passionate about. And yeah. so, you know, if you're passionate yeah. about homebrew and that's, that's what life is all about. Yeah. Donate McDonald's for a month. Spend that on your homebrew kit. <laughs> yeah. I think that sounds like a great trade off to the majority of the country, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, from, from that standpoint, yeah, we're going to link to, uh, to, to some of your videos in the show notes so that people can actually watch you in action, because I think that that's probably the, uh, the, the more exciting version of, of this sort of a discussion, but, uh, but I think that it was one worth having in such a, such a discussion that, uh, that you can do things at home that, uh, that you can get excitement from and that, you know, other people can, can enjoy too, even if they're across the country, it works out well. Uh, I think that the last thing that I would really want to touch on just from a, a logical point of view, uh, what are we talking about in terms of space requirements? You know, obviously there's, uh, there's a lot that goes into this and just, uh, I don't want anybody to suggest I tried to do this in my studio apartment in upper Manhattan because Matt and Anthony said it was a great idea. And the next thing we know that we've, uh, we've blown up some of, uh, some of fifth Avenue. <laughs> right. 
So as long as you can trust yourself to boil water on a stovetop uh, and uh, you probably have, I don't know, about five foot of room to put a fermenter, you ought to be okay. okay. Uh, you know, there are certain things that go along with that as with anything, you know, uh, sometimes fermentation can kind of be a little smelly. So, <laughs> you know, you have to be cautious about that or whatever. Uh, now, uh, I'm kind of a nut. And so like, I'll have, you know, I think I've probably had seven fermenters going at one point in time. And so it gets a little tight in the, in the hobby room. And, uh, my wife has her sewing on the other side of the brewery. Uh, so, so sometimes, uh, you know, she has to climb over something or, or, uh, you know, the smell. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure her fabric is just absorbing everything that you're doing. <laughs> she hasn't told me anything about that yet. So let's not give her any ideas. Uh, well, in that case, we'll make sure that we hide this video from her and we'll make sure that she only watches yours. <laughs> Well, this, uh, is, this has been a lot of fun, Matt. I appreciate, again, you walking us through the, the basics of how somebody would get started. Uh, what's maybe one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that's interested, uh, somebody that enjoys beer that's never done it before themselves? Um, well, I will tell you from somebody at least, and let me start off with this, is as, as a content creator, uh, I was unsure of my own abilities, first off, to present data to people, to get them in, interested in homebrewing. And so after having some discussions, uh, and, and at that point I had brewed a decent amount, uh, I didn't think that I was anybody to speak on it. So uh, being able to have that, that, you know, that first brew under you, I think that's a like a weight lifted off that you now you have that power of authority to to say and I've brewed what's next and mm -hmm. then just keep that snowball effect going. Uh, but for anybody that's interested in homebrewing, either be it you've never brewed before or you've brewed a hundred times, and you're if you're not a member of a local homebrew club, uh, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, I think. Uh, us as homebrewers, majority of us are open books, you know, come to me. This is what I do. This is what I've done. This is what I've learned. Let me help you. And I've probably learned more in the first year of being in a homebrew club than I did probably four years of growing by myself, you know, uh, it's just an awesome thing. And it was stupid cheap to even just join, you know, and I was worried about doing that. And I had a, like four years under my belt. So if you're interested, most of the time you can stop by for free to a meeting. People will welcome you with open arms, just see what they're about. And I guarantee you probably after the second or third meeting, you'll probably become a member and you will have learned so much. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And, you know, I think that that advice, it, it transcends homebrewing, in my opinion. You're talking about being able to learn from people who have done it and been there uh, in the trenches. And you're talking about uh, giving yourself permission to, to be bad at something new. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, yeah. in, in both of those instances, you're going to grow and you're going to learn. And, you know, whether this is homebrewing, whether it's anything else that you're passionate about, uh, the same rules apply. And so that's good to hear. Everybody's got to get started at some point. And, uh, you know, 
you know, look at when COVID kicked off, you know, there are a lot of people sitting at home, you know, uh, watching a lot of TV. And I mean, if that's your thing, great. But, you know, if you're like me, you kind of got to just do something. Maybe a hobby like this would have would have been something that would have really stuck with you or, you know, opened up other opportunities for you to to start a business or, or whatever or or a YouTube channel. even. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you can, you can teach somebody something along the way. You can have fun doing it and it's, it's all good exactly. stuff. And so Matt, I, I appreciate you uh, sharing a little bit of your story, a little bit of your passion, a little bit of your beer. It's, it's quite good, man. And so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward. He actually sent me two of each kind. And so I feel spoiled. I've got to, I've got to enjoy the others as well. Uh, but before we wrap up, Matt, how do you feel about answering a handful of rapid style questions known as the how-to cues? Let's do it. Fantastic, my man. What is the best book that you've read in the last 12 months? In the last 12 months, uh, probably when I started rereading uh, How to Brew by John Palmer. There we go. John Palmer. We'll give him a shout out. What is one podcast that you subscribe to? Uh, In the last 12 months or just in general? Open-ended on this one. Uh, yours and a, uh, a beautiful, another, uh, another homebrewer, uh, the homebrew pub. Okay. By, by the way, folks, that's the best answer we've received on the how to show so far. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's got a, a feather in his cap for the rest of the day. All right. What is one app on your phone that you could not live without? Uh, Man, right now, I, I, I guess it, it would have to be uh, the BJCP style guidelines. Okay, uh, that, that's an acronym that I need, uh, need some help with. It's, it's, it's about brewing. It's uh, the official Brewers Judging Certificate Program. Uh, okay. it, it tells us about our styles and stuff like that. So because I'm jumping into more and more competitions, I'm constantly like, oh, what should it look like, taste like, smell like, etc. There you go. Very good. All right. This needs to stay outside of the world of home brewing for this next question. <laughs> what is something you've spent a hundred dollars or less on that's brought value to your life recently? A hundred dollars or less. No, not. I was going to say the gym membership, but that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we can go with that. I mean, it's a, it's a monthly expenditure, but I'm, I bet you well, that it's, it, uh, yeah, it's right at a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So I've, I've been getting a lot of value out of that. But there we go. Just, just started it. And so trying to get those good habits and, you know, yeah, that's a fantastic answer. And so the final question is where can people find out more about you, Matt? Uh, so you can follow me, uh, of course on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, share, comment, all that. <laughs> uh jaggers brewing co and then uh on instagram uh same handle jaggers brewing co uh i'm i'm active on there i try to be active on there at least once a day uh you get a lot of uh kind of uh before the movies release and 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 all that some kind of behind the scenes and uh, if you look close enough, there's some Easter eggs going on in a couple places too. So that's right. a, kind of been fun to hide some of that stuff and some of the videos and whatnot. Well, fantastic. Check them out, folks. Jaggers Brewing Co. on both YouTube and Instagram. He's got good stuff. And if you really want to learn that, the step-by-step and how to get it done, he shows you step-by-step. And so, again, I'll link to that in the show notes. Matt, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the How To Show. 
Thank you so much, Anthony. I appreciate it. Special thanks to Matt for joining me on this episode and an extra special thanks for sending me beer. That's a cool dude. Anybody who sends me a beverage to drink on the show, you'll get to be featured on the show too. And as always, if you got any value out of the show, hopefully this is something you can check out your, uh, yourself if you're interested in home brewing. Uh, share the video with anybody else that you think might get value from it in that regard. And subscribe to Matt's channel so you can check out all the new brews and the new things he's checking out over there as well. As always, if you're looking to sell your house in the Indianapolis market, I promise I'll do that without the use of intoxicating beverages. Just get in touch with me at IndieDwell.com or in the comments or at the link in the show notes. Until next time, this is Anthony Drew Gary, host of the How To Show, signing off.